Blog Talk Radio. Monday night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock to get you set for the upcoming Monday Night Raw. And we're talking all sorts of stuff involving pro wrestling in and out of the ring. So get ready, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But we want to hear from you, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. We are in the process of, of a new venture. We're talking about a lot on the show over the past few weeks. 1640. 1640 PWPR, check it out. 1640 PWPR, the Facebook page, go there now, like the page. We're also on iTunes. Basically what this is, it's like a one-stop shopping for wrestling podcasts. It essentially is a radio station. We're in the fledgling stages. We're going to build this, but we have a bunch of good shows. We have our show, King Firehawk, uh, Top Rope, Mike Ferrara Speaks, a lot of shows. We're adding shows almost on a daily basis, it seems. So we're building, again, download us on iTunes. It's free. Again, just look up 1640 PWPR. It's free to subscribe on iTunes. Check out our Facebook page. We're going to be growing and adding a lot of great shows in the upcoming days, weeks, and months. You want to be on board because this is the place to be if you want to listen to great wrestling talk. As far as our show goes, of course, we have our own Facebook page. So check out Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You want to head over there, like us during tonight, right now, right right now as I'm speaking. There's a conversation thread on the Facebook, so you can throw in your opinions and stuff over there if you want as we're discussing things. And every week we have a raw discussion thread on the Facebook as well. So jump on board that, like our Facebook page. And, and get involved in the conversation. You also can check us out on Twitter. Twitter handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. Get on over there. The whole tweeting thing is, it's big. The kids are out there. They're doing the tweeting. So uh, get on the Twitter. Follow us on, on Twitter, at the Ken Reedy Show. And as always, you can check out our website. Our website is thekenreedyshow.com. We got blogs. We got pictures. Uh, we got lots of neat stuff and the link to listen to the show, so it's easy access. You can't remember, you know, blog talk radio slash blah 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 blah. 
Just go to thekenreedyshow.com. Easy to remember. Link to listen to the show. So check out our website. So like I said, lots of stuff to get into tonight. Lots of stuff to discuss. So to, to make sense of it all, I need my, my tag team partner who is on the line from very sunny Connecticut. We're finally, maybe spring is here. Dave, how you doing this evening? I need to make some sense of things like this weather. It's finally making sense. It's better than the than the, than the, the storms, uh, the snowstorms that you know we got blasted with here in the Northeast. But more importantly, I'm here to make sense of things pro wrestling related and doing what I love to do best, and that's talking pro wrestling with my tag team partner, Mr. Ken Reedy himself. Ken, I'm doing wonderful. It's you know in this past weekend. I mean, it's amazing, you know, and. and Dominating like pop culture, I mean this this past weekend. I know we're a pro wrestling show, but you know, over the course of the weekend, um, you know, something that basically dominated uh, social media, dominated uh, the world of media in general, crossed over all forms of like sports and entertainment. You know, uh, it just you couldn't go anywhere without seeing stuff about the big fight, and of course, I'm talking about. Our producer, Michelle DeG's wrestling debut for IWF on Saturday night in Nutley, New Jersey. Because at least, was, at least my pretty... social media feed, that it was dominating uh, that, that media feed. Uh, so, uh, I, know, I did notice that. It was very, it was very um, M- Michelle DeG heavy on your social uh, media feed. So yeah, so uh, yeah, it was it was it was a happening. I wasn't there, but it was a happening from what I heard. Yeah, you know, I mean, they they probably drew. If if I'm hey, look, I'm, I'm I'm horrible at guessing numbers, but uh, there was probably at least three four hundred people there. So it was, it was you know a big crowd, a far cry from wrestling, you know, in uh, in a in a basement somewhere or an Elks Club with like fifty people. You know, there was a, a nice building. Uh, you know, Michelle's out there wrestling on the same card as Tito Santana and Tommy Dreamer and. Uh, you know, came up on the short end of the stick, but uh, you know, she wound up. She she uh, she distinguished herself out there. She uh, she maintained her character. She uh, she showed some improvement a lot with like the psychology and and running the match and and the physicality. So uh, getting out there in front of uh, you know three four hundred people with uh, only a couple months of lessons under your belt, that's pretty cool. So uh, you know, congratulations to Michelle. Uh, on her wrestling debut, um, you know she's still got a lot to learn, but uh, it was a great first step to see her, see her out there. And uh, you know it was, it was a it was a good show. It was, it was cool, like uh, seeing Tommy Dreamer and then Tito out there. And you know, and you could guess, I mean, doing a show like that outside of just you know boosting your ego, being on the same card with them, getting to be in the back and and maybe learn some lessons from Tito and Tommy Dreamer. I mean, you you can't put a price on that. That's just awesome. That that is that is super cool. And Michelle, if you're listening, congratulations. I wish, you know, uh, my fiance Nikki and I could have been there. I would love to have seen it. Um, you deserve a you deserve to give yourself a very horowitz pat on the shoulder uh, <laughs> for for your your effort and uh, for uh, what you contributed to uh, that show last you know Saturday evening. So it's kind of cool. So now now our show our producer is actually in the ring. So we're like, you know, our 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 tentacles, so to speak, are getting out there in, in uh, the, the wrestling world. So uh, as we continue to grow and, and expand and, and try to take over the wrestling universe. But I don't know if you guys heard, 
But in addition to Michelle getting in the ring and the big fight and the big IWF thing that was happening Saturday night, there was another fight that night. Uh, it was in Vegas. Uh, I don't know. You may have heard of the guy that said Filipino guy, like Manny Pac, 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 Pacquiao or something, and a guy who flashes uh, Mayweather. It two guys. I mean, you may have heard about the fight. Um, and again, we're a wrestling show. Um, and there's a boxing match, uh, you know, but it crossed over, and, and people who like fighting like fighting. And uh, I made sure to see the match. Um, it was pretty underwhelming. I was very disappointed with uh, Pacquiao's performance. Um, you know, it didn't live up to the fight of the century. Uh, and it may be the last fight that I really I changed my schedule up to see. Like, I'm not saying I'm never going to watch a boxing match again or never order a boxing match again, but... Uh, if I have plans, I'm not going to change them. Uh, so it's a bit underwhelming, and uh, you know, it reminded me a lot of why I love pro wrestling. You know, you're getting a, you know, pro wrestling gives you a show, and uh, it was interesting. After you know this fight, I made it a point to go to the network and watch the uh, the Mayweather Big Show uh, documentary on their match together and the prep for that and everything, and uh, that was cool to watch. It was cool. I I really like watching it. I wish that um. You know, when, when Mayweather broke Big Show's nose, you know, Big Show was legit heated. And uh, when he ran after Mayweather, if he actually caught Mayweather, um, we may not have had that match that happened on Saturday night. Um, you know, Big Show flat out said he was going to kill him. Uh, he was not happy about getting popped in the nose. So uh, it was a cool documentary. I mean, Mayweather is a showman. Uh, it, it, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all if at, at the point that uh, – he retires that uh, we don't see him doing something else with the WWE. The, the boxing wrestling connection has always, uh, you know, had quite the historic flair. But, um, you know, it's why I guess we love wrestling because uh, I found the boxing match Saturday pretty underwhelming, Dave. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Underwhelming is the perfect word for it. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been a casual boxing fan, I should say. Um, normally watch for guys I like to, you know, if it's convenient, too, because, you know, Wrestling's my number one love, okay? So I'm not going to shell out 50 bucks every couple of months to see a boxing fight, and I absolutely have to see it. Well, this fight was $100. I didn't shell out any money. I went to a friend's house to watch it, and, uh, you know, it did not live up to fight of the century, in my opinion. Um, Mayweather, for those of you that are boxing fans that listen to this show, um, he fought the fight that everyone expected him to fight. He fought smart. He kind of controlled the fight. Um, he, he, You know, he... At the end of the day, the object is is to put as much punishment on your opponent without being punished yourself, and Mayweather's been uh, a perfectionist at that. He's a very good defensive fighter. Some question some of his tactics. I could understand why people would question some of his tactics, but needless to say, he's done things very smart in his boxing career when it comes to his in-ring skill. I was extremely disappointed in Pacquiao's performance in the fight because I thought Pacquiao was going to bring it more to Mayweather. For instance, there were a lot of... there were a number of occasions where Pacquiao had Mayweather cornered numerous times in the corner and he would maybe hit him a couple of times, but then he would hesitate or Mayweather would escape. Not too many guys can say that they've had Floyd Mayweather against the ropes or in the corner. And Pacquiao had that at least a dozen times and he did not capitalize on it. I just felt like he didn't really bring the fight to Mayweather. Mike Tyson said it best before the fight. I was a killer when I fought. These two guys are just businessmen. Now, as far as Mayweather 
you know, retiring possibly after September. Apparently he's got another fight. I'd love to see him in WWE. I thought his stuff with Big Show was great. I watched the same documentary as you did. I was there at WrestleMania 24 when he wrestled Big Show. It was a pretty cool sight to see, you know. His appearance and his attraction really helped make that year's WrestleMania that much bigger on top of all the other great stuff that was going on at that particular WrestleMania. Um, One final note. I do believe that I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I do believe we're going to see Floyd Mayweather in WWE a lot sooner than we're expecting. Um, WWE.com did a poll Sunday, yeah, about a time after the fight, Sunday. Who, which WWE superstar would you love to see end Floyd Mayweather's undefeated streak? And Brock Lesnar was unanimously the number one vote, okay? With WrestleMania being in Dallas, Texas next year, Cowboys Stadium, they need names to help fill that stadium. And, you know, Ronda Rousey's been rumored, rumored of The Rock coming back, possibly Steve Austin. They talked to Shawn Michaels. I mean, name, big names galore, but names that can cross over and give you another audience. Mayweather has an audience. He has a following. He helped big num- help WWE produce big numbers for that year's WrestleMania. A Brock Lesnar, Floyd Mayweather, streak match. At next year's WrestleMania, it's quite possible, in my opinion. Uh, it would be awesome. I, mean, I, I agree with you. I think they're gonna they're going to uh, pull out all the stops next year. So, I mean, if they can get Mayweather in the mix, um, you know, why not? I mean, I, I I just think there's no there's 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 no there's no one safe. No, if, if you're a draw. No one's safe. Vince is going to be knocking on your door to, for WrestleMania next year. I think next year's us, and it's it's so interesting it being WrestleMania 32. You know, it's not a, it's not a you know a big anniversary, but I, I think it's really going to be huge. So, uh, you know, cool. And again, like you know, that's why we're wrestling fans. I mean, it's all about the show and the spectacle. And uh, you know, in the world of pro wrestling, uh, you know, there there was uh, you know, you know, it's it's been interesting. But a lot of the show, I feel like this year. Um, and uh, we've we've talked. Uh, there's been a lot of news like outside of the ring and, and outside of what we're seeing on TV, and some sad news uh, over the, this past week. Uh, the passing of wrestling icon legend. Uh, these are not. This is not hyperbole. Uh, definitely an icon. You know, maybe a guy that uh, the casual wrestling fan, uh, younger wrestling fans, maybe are not that familiar with Vern Gagne and and what he brought to the business and and uh you know everything he meant to the business but a, a guy who truly truly uh, an absolute legend passed away uh at the age of 89 um you know it, it's 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 amazing like he's a guy again that I don't know with a lot of wrestling fans especially younger if he really is a household name but he should be and uh, the, the contributions he's made are, are, you know, endless. And, you know, even, you know, after he passed away, Hulk Hogan uh, tweeted, R.I.P. Vern Gagne. Vern said, stay down and sell until you hear the crowd rumbling then start shaking and hulk up and don't sell anymore. I, the, the fact that Vern Gagne came up with hulking up, just a, a great wrestling mind, uh, a true legend, and... Uh, the wrestling world lost one of their greats, and 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 Dave, like the contributions he he made to the business. I mean, it's we we could spend the whole show on him. Absolutely, I mean he's a he's a name that doesn't get mentioned often. Um, we, we we talk a lot about 
individuals that made huge contributions to the wrestling industry. Vince McMahon gets a lot of credit for what he did for the wrestling industry in terms of putting it on a larger, grander scale. While Vern Gagne was probably, he probably contributed the most main event, top-level talent in the wrestling business. Um, You know, doing some research today, of course, some stuff that I know from watching footage over the years, Vern Gagne has had a huge impact on the wrestling business. Vern Gagne, to me, doing research and watching things, he was like the ultimate alpha male, okay? He, He not only could just wrestle, but he was very good at, he was just a very good athlete in general. Um, Vern Gagne was, and this is interesting too, you know, some of the things that I, I'd done the research on, I didn't know this until today, so this is a scoop for everybody. Vern Gagne played football in high school and college, and he was drafted by the Chicago Bears in the 1947 NFL draft. However, Chicago Bears owner George Hallis prevented Gagne from pursuing both wrestling and football so he forced Ganya to make a decision and choose which one he wants to do, and Ganya chose wrestling. And at that time, it was not uncommon for the NFL, you know, players to have a second job in the off season because in the '40s, obviously, professional football was not a million billion dollar industry that it has become today. So I just thought this would be very interesting um, as far as his football, you know, endeavors went. Gagne was a uh, an AAU Ameri- or amateur wrestling champion in 1948-1949. He was also a member of the United States Olympic wrestling team in 1948. Um, he's been known for being, you know, a, a tremendous pro wrestler, promoter of the AWA out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, 10-time AWA World Heavyweight Champion. He's known for training at least, some say, almost up to 100 of the biggest names in the history of the wrestling business. Some names include Nature Boy Ric Flair, The Iron Sheik, Larry the Axe Henning, his son Kurt Henning, um, Vern Gagne's own son Greg Gagne, Gene and Ole Anderson, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Bob Backlund, just to name a few. I mean, I could go through a whole list. It'll take the whole shelf. Um, he's one of only six men to be inducted into the WCW, WWE, the Pro Wrestling, and the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Um, he's had some classic rivalries with uh, Billy Robinson, one, for instance, where they took that rivalry and they made it into a movie where both guys were just kind of competing with each other. And then the final you know, scene would be the two of them wrestling in a wrestling match. It's an actual movie out of the theaters, I believe, in, uh, I want to say the 70s maybe. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't remember exactly. I didn't do that much research. Um, also some other great rivalries with uh, Larry the Axe Henning. Nick Bockwinkel, and Fritz Von Erich, just to name a few. Uh, Gagne ran the AWA from 1960, which, by the way, was the first promotion within the National Wrestling Alliance to branch off and become its own promotion from 1960 all the way till 1991. Names such as the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, Hulk Hogan, Jesse the Body Ventura, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, the Road Warriors, Paul Heyman, Medusa, superstar Billy Graham, Larry the Axe Henning, Kurt Henning, Nick Bockwinkle, the Nasty Boy, Andre the Giant, Diamond Dallas Page, Eric Bischoff, Scott Hall, Larry Zabisco, Sensational Sherry, Jerry the King Lawler, Kerry Von Erich, the Fabulous Freebirds, Sergeant Slaughter, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, Dick the Bruiser, the Crusher, Baron Von Rasky, 
and Bobby the Brain Heenan, as well as his own son, Greg Gagne, all went through the AWA. My first exposure to the AWA, however, came in the late 80s, not during the heyday when Hogan and Dusty Rhodes and uh, Bockwinkle, some of those names were involved, but like watching the Rockers, the Road Warriors, the Freebirds, Nick, uh, uh, Kurt Henning, um, even Scott Hall, uh, when they were on ESPN in 1985, they got a television contract. And, uh, you know, at that time, WWF was soaring. It was becoming a huge entity in the wrestling business. It was picking apart talent. The AWA was just kind of hanging on for dear life. So it really wasn't treated as a priority by the network. There were a lot of times when they would not air in their regular time slot. They wouldn't advertise a new time slot for the show. Um, it used to be on, I think, at like uh, four o'clock in, 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoons. Every day on ESPN, I remember. Um, sometimes, they were, sometimes the show would air in the wrong time slot. Sometimes it would pre- be preempted with other sporting events without any kind of notice which ultimately led to the demise of the A, which was one of the reasons that led to the, to the demise of the AWA. Of course, other reasons were Burns' old-school booking and not kind of changing with the times as far as the talent, the production goes, um, and just Vince McMahon and WWE kind of doing something different in the wrestling business and really like changing the way wrestling is presented. And Vern just kind of stuck with his guns and... Uh, Fortunately, they had to shut the doors in 1991, and uh, Vern Gagne ended up in bankruptcy court. And, you know, years later, his health had declined. He had suffered from Alzheimer's. Uh, Unfortunately, the man passed away. But a guy who has, I mean, you talked about, you know, the the Hulk Hogan tweet. Vern Gagne created a lot of that Hulk Hogan, you know, uh, character. Vince McMahon just kind of perfected it, you could say. Or even Hogan and Vince together perfected it. But Vern Gagne... Um, you know, was very responsible for um, Hulkamania being born, especially in the AWA. And the reason why we're having this conversation today, one of the reasons why um, WWE is what it is today, and I'll go on a, I'll go on record as saying this: um, Bern Gagne and Hulk Hogan had a disagreement in terms of money. Um, Hogan was wrestling Nick Bockwinkle, and uh, he was chasing Nick Bockwinkle for the AWA World Title, and they were doing all kinds of false finishes over over the the, uh, the string of shows that they were doing, and uh, people wanted to see Hogan get the title, and he would win, but then it would get overturned because of interference or a time limit draw, or whatever the case was. Um, so then they fi- Vern Gagne finally agreed that you know, all right, I'm gonna put the, the belt on Hogan, even though he didn't want to because Hogan wasn't a traditional pro wrestler, the one you know, the kind of wrestler that Vern Gagne you know wanted to represent his company. They, they they agreed that Hogan was going to be the champion. And uh, Vern Gagne said, I'll give you the belt, but you have to give me a percentage of what you make in Japan and a percentage of your merchandise sales. And Hogan said, no way. So then Hogan went to Japan. They didn't put the title on him. Hogan went to Japan, and then he found out Vern Gagne was selling his merchandise behind his back and not giving Hogan any of the profits. And Hogan gave his notice and went to Vince McMahon, and the rest is history. So if that didn't happen... We may not have the conversations that we currently have on this show today regarding what WWE has contributed to the wrestling business. Overall, Vern Gagne is a pioneer in the wrestling industry. He helped shape a lot of talent and, like I said, probably the largest contributor to main event top-level stars that this business has ever seen and a man that doesn't get enough credit for what he's done in the wrestling industry. And that's my take on Vern Gagne 
I hope you've been informed. I hope you listened. I hope you learned. Class, you're dismissed. Very well said. Yeah, good stuff. And you know, and if something, whether it's listening to to the show tonight or uh, just hearing that he passed on and his name in the news, uh, if you don't know uh, about Vern, you go go research. I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, like he's just really, he uh, was one of the unsung heroes. He did this again. His contributions are, are endless. We could uh, we could really spend an entire show uh, talking about Vern Gagne's. Uh, accomplishments and uh, contributions to the wrestling business. So uh, condolences to the entire Gagne family and, uh, you know, the, the wrestling world. Uh, they lost a, a true legend. And, um, you know, moving on, uh, one thing I would like to discuss, and, uh, you know, it's interesting, Dave, because we, we've talked a lot on this show about the commentary, and we've been pretty critical of, of the commentary, and uh, and I think justifiably, Um and and I just want to touch on this, and we're not going to kill it, but I, I did think that um, the the Booker T snafu uh, on last week's Raw, um, you know, garnered a lot of attention, a lot of negative uh, energy coming from the Hart family. Um, if you guys missed it or didn't hear it, uh, you know, they're calling a Neville match, and uh, they're comparing him to other kings of the ring, and... Uh, basically brought up Owen Hart and Booker T's response was but Owen was not the man that Gravity forgot now I get where he was going with it um, you know it was it was unintentional I, mean, I don't think he was poking fun at the, the tragic death of, of Owen Hart uh, and, and it was one of those things like with, with you know I've said this before like I just don't think commentating is Booker T's forte and I purposely, because we've been critical of him, I went uh, this week also and I watched the uh, the special on on the network about Booker T and his life. And, uh, you know, admittedly, I've never been a huge Booker T fan, but all the respect in the world. The guy, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's had an, an amazing career. You take nothing away from, from Booker T. I mean, a tremendous amount of accomplishments, what he's done over the course of a, you know, two-decade-plus career in, in pro wrestling. Um, so all the respect in the world to, to Booker T. Um, however, you know, and, and and this is just my take on things, uh, when it comes to commentary, uh, you just got to be more professional. And I know, like, anyone who wants to think that, you know, really come down on Booker T, he wasn't making fun of Owen Hart. You know, it, it was a mistake. Um, and... You know, I get it because with the WWE, a lot of times it seems like they, whenever they compare a current superstar to someone from yesteryear, they always put the new guy over. That's just, the, you know, even like I remember with the, in the WWE magazine, they would have like, um, you know, fantasy matchups. And every time they had, uh, you know, that fantasy match, oh, like I would say 90% of the time, the new guy was projected to be the winner. Uh, the current superstar was projected to be the winner. Um, that was almost 100%. Um, so I get it. Like, that's their philosophy. They put over the current roster, over the the legendary roster, the past. And I get that. And I get that. That's a sound marketing strategy. Um, but I, I just, you know, Booker, you, you got, I mean, the comments, you just got to be more professional. You can't, you cannot make a mistake like that. I mean, when... When you hear the name Owen Hart, immediately that horrific night pop, 
pops into your head, you just got to be better. And I don't know at this point when it comes to commentary, if it get like, is it something that Booker T, you know, let's find him uh, a different role in the company. Um, but it, he's, I don't know, I, you know, and it, it's, it's something that, like, you know, I thought we should just touch on, and I don't want to really, I'm going to spend a, a tremendous amount of time on it. But I just thought that's a, that's a bad snafu on commentary, and you just you just got to be better than that, Dave. That the, you know, like you said, I don't think it was intentional. Um, I think it was just an honest mistake. I truly believe that. You know, people make mistakes in this world. Everybody has. If you haven't, you're full of shit. But it was an honest mistake, and I truly believe that it wasn't intended to be disrespectful to Owen Hart. I just don't think maybe he was just thinking at that moment. You know, he was trying to. The focus was trying to put over the talent that was in the ring and I think the comment was just it was just wrongly timed you know and it's un- it was unfortunate that Owen Hart's passing was because of the fact that he fell from the ceiling of an arena um you know 100 feet in the air and it just so happened that there was a wrestler in the ring whose character defies gravity and it, the, the, the timing of the comment was wrong. If it was a different flyer, like a Rey Mysterio or a Kofi Kingston or a, or a, you know or or any one of the luchadors from the past, we wouldn't be having this discussion. But unfortunately, it was just I think it was just because of the the in the nature that Owen Hart had passed, and I just think it was an honest mistake. And you know, hopefully he 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 learns from it and move on, and everybody else should too. I think wrestling fans, if they want to be taken more seriously. With some, with, with, with as fans of the product, I think they need to stop bitching and complaining about every single little thing that goes on. Like I said, I think it was just an honest mistake. Yeah, I, you know, and again, it's just, it's one of those things, and that's why, like, when I look at it, again, honest mistake, but you just got to be better than that. You just have to, and you know, if it was an honest mistake, and you know, the commentary had been spot on for a, a chunk of time. You know, maybe, you know, a lot of people will be looking at it as like, ah, right, you know what, it's 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 an honest mistake. It's just like a a really egregious error on his part. It's, and the thing that I find odd with the whole thing, Dave, is just the fact that, like, I don't know, like, that's like one of the first things when I hear Owen Hart's name, it's like, it's just immediately very sensitive to what happened to him. And, again, honest mistake, but you, you just, you got to be better than that, Booker. So, you know. I don't know, and that's it. That's all I've got to say about that. Um, you know, not not his finest moment, to, to say the least. Uh, 347-838-9815, that is the number to call. We got some of you on hold. Thanks for being patient. Uh, we just got word, and, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but uh, Pro Wrestling Magic President Chad Adams is going to be calling us a little bit later on, so we'll get his take on uh, running the company, uh, Pro Wrestling Magic, and what we have in store uh, coming up May 16th, and, uh, you know, get his philosophy on uh, the company that is Pro Wrestling Magic. But first, um, we're going to do what we always do at this time. We're going to get your calls, then we'll get to Chad Adams at this point in time. So we do at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. It's time now for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. 1640 Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network presents the Day 5 50-50 News Update, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk, I might add, every single Monday night at the top of the hour. Top story this week. The Wrestling Observer Radio reported today that allegedly The Undertaker's current WWE contract is set to expire soon. No timetable as to when his deal expires, 
but it is, is speculated that The Undertaker will continue working for WWE, but in a capacity that's unknown. The current ex- expectation is that once the dead man retires from active in-ring competition, the company and The Undertaker would then sign some type of new agreement which would go beyond the standard Legends contract. Our second story this week, with dates upcoming for Global Force Wrestling's debut event, a talent search seems to be in full swing as Jeff Jarrett, CEO and founder of Global Force, Scott Demore, and former TNA X Division star Sanjay Dutt are reaching out to some talent in the industry. Global Force Wrestling is looking to sign TNA talent as well as Ring of Honor talent whose contracts are set to expire fairly soon. As of now, on Global Force Wrestling's radar are former WWE superstars Chris Masters, Shelton Benjamin, and former TNA and WWE Tag Team Champions Bubba and Devon, Team 3D. One individual who Global Force Wrestling is heavily scouting is Ring of Honor's Roderick Strong. Strong is not locked into an exclusive deal with Ring of Honor and only works on a per-appearance basis. With Global Force Wrestling set to announce this Wednesday from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, 10 10 a.m. Pacific time, they're set to announce a roster reveal with some special guests. So tune in 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It would be 1 o'clock Eastern time here in the Northeast for Global Force Wrestling's big announcement as far as the roster reveal for the upcoming shows, which begin June 13th from Jackson, Tennessee. It was announced last week that former Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan has joined TNA Impact Wrestling as a member of their creative team. His title is Senior Producer of Creative and Talent Development. Corgan, who is an avid wrestling fan, held a role similar of this position with an independent promotion out of Chicago known as Resistance Pro Wrestling, which became a very popular indie promotion in the Chi-Town area. Corgan stepped down from that position in November of 2014. It's believed that Billy Corgan will be very hands-on with talent and will be present at all TNA television tapings beginning this Friday night from Orlando, Florida. Our fourth story this week. For months, rumors have run rampant over Samoa Joe's potential signing with WWE. Company officials hope Joe can be cleared from all the pre-talent medical screening by June so he can start in NXT, but that hasn't been confirmed as of now. It was also rumored that Joe was in attendance at last week's NXT television tapings to discuss his possible future with COO Triple H. And our final story this week, WWE Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan, was answering questions in a press conference in Australia last week to promote an upcoming overseas tour. And when asked about his involvement in next year's WrestleMania 32 event, Hogan revealed that WWE Chairman Vincent Kennedy McMahon has given Hogan the green light to have a match at the big event. That is, of course, all pending that he passes a standard WWE medical examination. Hogan was quoted as saying that Vince told him, and I quote, we couldn't do WrestleMania 32 next year in Dallas without you, brother. Hogan has lobbied for a WrestleMania match since he returned to the company in 2014. As the saying goes in the wrestling business, never say never, brother. 
And for all you pro wrestling fans out there and the Ken Reedy Show family, check out our friends at Pro Wrestling Magic as they present Super Show May 16th, Cliffside Park School Number 6 in Cliffside, New Jersey. To, to benefit the Donald Casamento Memorial Scholarship Fund, you will see the finals of the Don Casamento Memorial Cup. You also see the ECWA Heavyweight Championship be put on the line as Matt Saigon defends the gold against Ricky Martinez. Juan Francisco de Coronado will be putting up $10,000 to anyone that can defeat him in singles action and so much more. Tickets are just $10 for a great cause. Young, exciting, up-and-coming stars of professional wrestling providing you with the best pro wrestling action in the South Jersey area. And it's all for charity. You can't beat that. For tickets, as well as more information on this event, Head on over to WrestlingIsMagic.com. You can also like them on Facebook, Pro Wrestling Magic. Their Twitter handle is at Wrestling Magic. And finally, you can find them on Instagram. Their handle is at Pro Wrestling Magic. And there you have it. That was another, another, did I say it? I think I'll say it again. Another groundbreaking, earth-shattering edition of the Day 550-50 News Report. Only heard right here on the Ken Reedy Show. The best. And pro Wrestling Talk, presented to you by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. Subscribe to us for free on iTunes, 1640 PWPR, where you can go back and listen to this very moment right here on the Ken Reedy Show, along with the King Firehawk Show, the Top Rope Report, Mike Ferrara Speaks, New Surge Live, and so much more programming to come in the very near future. On the one-stop revolutionary shop for Pro Wrestling Podcast, this is 1640 PWPR. Ken, you need to take over because I'm out of breath. <laughs> Good stuff. Lots of like interesting stories out there. But to that end, you know, you talked about it. And we're really excited. Steve Off's been on the show a couple times talking pro wrestling magic. A brand new promotion out here uh, in northern New Jersey. Um, excited. And they got a big show coming up on May 16th. And lo and behold, we have President Chad Adams who is on the line. We're going to bring him up right now. Mr. President, how are you doing this evening? Hi, Ken. How are you? Thanks for having me tonight. No problem. Ken and Dave here uh, talking with Chad Adams, president of Pro Wrestling Magic. And uh, so you're the president. Uh, give me a little, you know, your take now on, on uh, the philosophy of Pro Wrestling Magic, uh, what fans can be looking forward to, and what do you think sets you guys apart from, uh, you know, the other promotions out there? Well, you know, Ken, with all due respect to all of professional wrestling, I think a lot of fans would agree that pro wrestling has lost that, no pun intended, magic and oomph, if you will, over the years. And I can remember always saying, you know, if I ran my own professional wrestling company, I would do this. I would do that, and I bet you it would be beautiful. So after a while, I just finally said, you know what, I'm sick of talking. It's time to start doing I got in touch with the board of investors that was already in full swing, and they made the the brilliant call to make me the president. And now here we are. So, in your role as president, um, like what are you, what do you consider like your most important duties? Uh, like where do you where are you searching for talent? How are you bringing talent in? Um, you know, just give us a little bit of of how you're. You know, you you said you you wanted to do things differently, so. Give us a little a little peek into like how you're bringing in talent and how you're picking talent. Well, we have a very uh, few talented, uh, very few. We have a very few talented talent scouts. I went out, I found the absolute best of the best that I knew, so 
some that know this business backwards and forwards, some whose knowledge of the business uh, dwarfs what I know. And I, you know, we all consult each other. I mean, you know, granted, I am the president, naturally, because, again, that was the best call on the part of the board of investors, but uh, our talent scouts are some of the most talented in the business, bar none. We try to bring the most exciting uh, talent out there to the fans. You know, the most important, but to answer your first question, the most important part of my job is giving the best entertainment possible to the fans. What will make them stand up? What will make them cheer? What will make them boo at the top of their lungs? What will bring the passion and the magic of the industry out of the fans? Sounds good. I'm curious, what is your relationship or how how did you come upon uh, bringing in and booking Juan Francisco de Coronado? Uh, Juan Francisco, he's just a wonderful young man. He reminds me a lot of me at a younger age, to tell you the truth, Ken. He's respectful. He dresses well. I just, I admire so many of his qualities. I really do. He has passion. He has heart. He has desire. Are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Oh, I thought we lost you for a second. <laughs> so, uh, so you're, really, you're, really, you're really high on, on Coronado. Um, and uh, who is he wrestling on May 16th? He is wrestling Alexander James. It's also a $10,000 match. You know, that speaks a lot to Juan Francisco de Coronado's confidence in himself. And there is nothing wrong with that. And on top of that, it's also a match within uh, the tournament to crown the very first Pro Wrestling Magic Heavyweight Champion. Well, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you say, you seem pretty high on, on Coronado. Um, you know what? I mean, do you have a... a I mean, I, I would think being president, like, the, there's an impartiality that you'd, you'd, you'd at least hope to have. Um, you seem pretty high, though, right now on, on this one particular talent. Is there a... You know, is it just because, I mean, you think he's the best? Um, I mean, what about the other talents on the roster? Are you on the payroll? Of course not. Impartial simply isn't in my vocabulary. I live on uh, working hard, on fairness. If you want it, go out there and earn it. And I admire Juan Francisco de Cornell because he does just that. But as far as payroll, no. No, there is simply... That, that's just not an option. Me on this payroll. <laughs> so you're denying like praise is quite a lot. I mean, like go, go ahead, Dave. Thing is, praise is quite a lot. I didn't hear you talk about any other talents like that on the pro wrestling magic roster. I mean, just you know, it's it's a, it's a fair question to ask. Oh no, I I completely understand. It's just like I said, you know, I I don't do uh, biasness. I don't play favorites. It's just a matter of who maybe sticks out, and one does. For his, like I said, for his talent, for his work ethic, for his desire for the business, it's all extremely, extremely, extremely admirable qualities. Fair enough. Okay. Well, who? I mean, like, give us a little bit more. I mean, we we obviously know that that Coronado is is good, at least in your opinion. Um, who else do we have to look forward to uh, coming May 16th? Well, we, uh, as you said, we have the finals of the uh, Casamento Cup, the first annual. 
We have Stormforce versus Glitz and Glamour. That's a match I'm very much looking forward to. Um, you know, again, this whole roster is filled with so much talent. I'll tell you, I mean, you know, we've talked to Steve all before on the show, and I'm talking to you. I mean, I, I do, I, I do like, you know, what I'm hearing so far uh, out of what pro wrestling magic is going to bring to the table. So, uh, you know, it, it sounds like you guys are on the on the right track. I just, you know, when I hear this, I mean, one of the things, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, because, like I said, and, and I, I do think, and you know, we're we're a show, and. Uh, with, with no disrespect intended, you know, you go around the wrestling business and you said impartiality is not in your vocabulary. I mean, you do see a lot of, you know, promoters and what have you, like, you know, having favoritism. And, and you know, I, I would hope that when you're saying that pro wrestling magic is going to kind of set itself apart from that, you know, a lot of the politics in, in the business and politics on the independent scene is what really hurts some of these promotions. So, I mean, you know, when I hear the way you're talking about one specific wrestler, um, I, I hate to say it, and again, no disrespect intended, but if, I, if I'm doing my job and I'm, I'm interviewing you, it sounds like you're a little bit biased. And, uh, you know, is, is there going to be a political game going on behind the scenes of pro wrestling magic? I mean, when you put it like that, I can definitely see your point of view. I think anybody can. But, no, there is no political political game. You know, it's... Uh, it's just a matter of who is willing to work the hardest. Fair enough. Sounds good. Um, I, You know, before we let you go, and uh, again, looking forward to it, uh, you guys out there, Pro Wrestling Magic, uh, May 16th, coming up. Uh, great, great new promotion out there in northern New Jersey, which is rich with uh, uh, independent wrestling promotions. Could you uh, let our listeners know... Uh, where they can get tickets. Uh, I know they can get them at the door, but website, give us all the information we need for our listeners to get out there to see Pro Wrestling Magic. Absolutely. The show is May 16th at 7 p.m. at Cliffside Park School 6 at 440 Oak Dean Avenue. That's spelled O-A-K-D-E-N like Nancy, E Avenue in Cliffside Park, New Jersey, May 16th at 7 p.m. for $10. You can buy at the door, or you can just go ahead right to our website, www.wrestlingismagic.com. All you got to do is click on events and buy them right then and there. Very good. Thank you so much for calling in and giving us a few minutes. And, uh, you know, we're, we're on the bandwagon, so to speak. So uh, don't hesitate to call us again, and uh, good luck with everything with Pro Wrestling Magic, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you. Take it easy. Chad Adams, president of Pro Wrestling Magic. Have a good night. Uh, it's cool, man. I mean, Pro Wrestling Magic, uh, you know, they, they've, they've been on the show a bunch. Uh, I, you know, I, I like the philosophies. I mean, I do kind of, you know, I'm not so sure. And, uh, you know, the president's saying he's not uh, a bit biased. And, I, you know, I had to ask the question. I mean, I don't, you know, I know he's a guest on the show. But, uh, you know, like I said, Dave, I'm not doing my job if I'm not at least asking you know, are there any shenanigans? Is this all on the up and up? So, had to ask the question. He said, you know, no, no games, no politics. Uh, remains to be seen, Dave. Yeah, uh, it's, it's in, it's the, the promotion's in its early infant stages, so uh, we haven't seen anything like that as of now. And uh, you know, let's hope that trend continues. 
All right, let's go out to the phone. We have a bunch of people that have been real patient, so let's, uh, you guys bring it. And we had uh, an oldie but goodie. We got uh, Tony's on the line. It's been a little while. Tony, how you doing this evening? Hey, guys, I'm doing all right. Doing all right, yeah, I know it's been a while since I've called in. <laughs> Good to hear oh, from you. What do you got? Uh, you know, anything, anything you want to talk about. Uh, anything, okay, bring it. well, I mean... I mean, it's been a good, 40, good 45 minutes I've been hearing so far. Good feel hearing from this guy about this new promotion. You know, I hope it does well and everything. And, you know, sounds like he's going to be, uh, you know, as far as the, whether or not he's going to be doing any pop thinking or whatever, I have reins to be seen. But, you know, um, like I say, you know, we got, uh, you know, it could happen well. You know, I've still been watching everything. I've been watching, like, a bunch of stuff every week. You know, the w, you know I've been watching Raw and SmackDown. You know, it's... Uh, I've, I, I thought everything's been pretty good lately, uh, for the most part. You know, the Kane stuff, um, you know, I, I, I kind of want to see him just, like, turn, you know, like, just, like, have the face turn happen already. You know, it's like it's taking a little while, taking a... I don't know. I, 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 I totally long. agree with you with that. I mean, I think, like, for me, um, you know, yeah, it's go, it's going to happen. The writing's on the wall. We're going to get, you know, at least some sort of run with masks face Kane again. Um, I totally, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I and I like Kane. I've, I'm a big Kane fan. I like what Kane brings to the table. And I, I, I wasn't hating on corporate Kane. Like, I, I just thought, like, I think Kane is awesome because his character has evolved over the years. You know, face, heel, devil's favorite demon, uh, now business. I mean, it's like, he just, he makes it work. And I, and I liked this for a time, but, you're right. Once they started hinting at the masked cane is going to be back, so, I mean, you're assuming. I mean, that's what it seems like they're they're heading towards. Yeah, it, it's getting to that point where I'm I'm sitting there like, All right, you just just do it already. Like we know it's coming. Just just have it happen. So uh, who knows when and if it'll happen? But uh, it definitely looks like they're they're heading towards that. Um, yeah, definitely, eventually. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be him versus, well, I'm, him versus Seth Rollins. I don't know if it's going to be for the for the belt or whatever. I mean, uh, maybe, the, like, the triple threat coming up at uh, Payback should, I mean, should be interesting, you know, with uh, Rollins, Orton, and uh, Roman Reigns. So that's, you know, it should be, uh, hopefully it should be a good, you know, it should be a good show, too. Um, I thought the last couple of pay-per-views were really, you know, I thought the last two were, were really good. I like, you know, I enjoyed WrestleMania. Um I yeah, you know, I thought that it was a really good show. I liked you know Rollins cashing in uh, during the during the match. I didn't see coming. I was that was that was a really awesome surprise to see. Um, you know, then um, Extreme Rules. I, I thought the show was pretty good. I thought the I thought the cage match was a little a little overbooked. Uh, you know, with all the run-ins and stuff. And the uh, Russian Chain match was kind of flat. But you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I I. I, I, I not really, like I said, it's, it's the last couple. The last couple shows I think have been, you know, the, the pay-per-views or network shows, whatever you want to call them. I think they've been pretty good. You know, I mean, I, I saw it be, um, you know, King of the King of the Ring. I was, you know, I was good too. Um, it was pretty solid. You know, I mean, I've kind of wanted Neville to win the thing, but you know, I, was, I mean, you know, it's like yeah, you got Bad News Barrett as King of the Ring, but you know, it's, I don't even know if the winner gets anything. That gets anything except, you know, it's just a pretty damn crown for a night. You know. It's, uh, yeah, it's like I say, it's, it's been pretty good. You know, like I said, TNA is. Uh, I know they're doing a live show or live to tape this week, 
and um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I don't know if they're doing Kurt Angle versus Eric Young. Um, but eventually, you know, I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. I know. There's a whole thing with the dollhouse I'm not really fond of. You know, like Terrence Arell turning heel. I don't know if you guys follow it, but it's just like, I, oh, my God. It's, the dollhouse gimmick is, like, kind of kind of creepy, and it's just like, I don't know. I just find it to be really weird. Uh, you know. And, um, and of course, you know, you know, you have Ring of Honor, who's going to have, like, a loaded uh, show, like, a loaded lineup next week. Uh, who's yeah, on it, the it, Okay, uh, yeah, uh... Ring of Honor, it's got, yeah, I mean, it, well, it's going to be, you know, like the, like last year, the War of the Worlds and Global Wars, the crossover, you know, it's going to be, uh, you have War of the Worlds next Tuesday and Wednesday at, at, at the old uh, ECW Arena, and then on the 15th and the 16th, they're in Toronto for Global Wars. Um, you know, I mean, I've, one, of the, one of them is a 10-man. Uh, a it's going to be uh, the Briscoes. Uh, Hanson and Ray Rowan on his War Machine and Roderick Strong against AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Doc, and the Bucks. That should be a really interesting match. You know, that should, should, should be a really fun 10, man. And, uh, you know, and um, I think, oh, man, I know I don't, Jay Lethal is in a couple, is, is in a few matches. It's going to be him, Mark Briscoe, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura from New Japan, and it's, it's a four-way. I forget who the fourth guy is. I, I think it might be Liger. Um, and then you got uh, Roderick Strong versus Nakamura on another show, which uh, which also should be a really interesting match. So so yeah, I mean you know it's like ROH has really got quite the uh, you know quite the lineup coming up over the next uh, you know it's going to be like four shows, and the the show on the fifteenth is going to be a live eye pay per view. So uh, hopefully I'll be able, you know, hopefully I'll I'll manage to uh, to uh, see that one. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, you're you're kind of like you know, don't be a stranger. I mean, you're kind of our ROH guy. So uh, after these shows, call in. Uh, definitely want to get your take on on that stuff. But it, it, yeah, it sounds like a stacked lineup and uh, good side. It's, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. A lot of good promotions out there, and uh, you know, so I mean, it's funny that you said that, and, and you know, it's interesting because I I thought Extreme Rules kind of dragged, but you liked it. So uh, you know, to, to each his own, but uh, hopefully we get a good Raw tonight, and uh, Tony, again, don't be a stranger, hopefully we'll talk to you next week, thanks a lot for the phone call tonight. Yeah, all right. Take it easy, both. All right, good. Yeah. All right, so, so <laughs> Dave, you're here? I am here. You are here, okay. It's like, I was, I was here, and I somehow, and I don't know what exactly happened, and I don't know if Entire phone call actually went over the airways because I didn't want to interrupt him, but the the show dropped. Blog blog talk actually dropped out, and I couldn't hear you or Tony. And then like you know the the as I've talked about before, the the English woman, uh, it's like uh, uh, said goodbye. Uh, you know, blog talk radio goodbye. I'm like wait what? I didn't log off, and so I had to log back in. And and then it was like you are now joining a live show already in progress, and as it finally clicked back in, Tony was still talking, so I don't know. As it's your, like, so you're joining your show again. I was joining my show, so I don't know if Tony's entire call went over the, the air or what happened. I just, oh, I all heard. of a sudden, I you heard his call. I, I heard I heard the whole call. So if I heard the whole call, that that must mean that the show was still on. So the how air. was I not on the air? <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> that's, no that's, that's really strange. Do you know the technology, the man? Yeah, all of a sudden, exactly. I, I, I couldn't the hear you months. or, or uh, Tony. When the weather that, gets warm, that's the when the weather gets warm, that's when the technology gods want to screw with our show. <laughs> remember, a few, remember a few years ago when I was trying to do the when we tried to do the live show from the bar, and I was at Raw and you were yes. at the bar, and we were, yeah, that told that they screwed us up then. And then there was like a string of shows where they messed with us too. Like whenever it gets warm out, it's not good for the Ken Reedy show. <laughs> Damn you, Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I mean, hopefully then, like, hopefully you just lost me, and hopefully. Uh, you know, uh, again, I don't know. Like, put on the Facebook thread what exactly was happening because I, I lost. I didn't hear Tony or you uh, for a chunk of time, and then I had to log back in. So it's weird that, like, the connection between your phone and Tony is supposedly through my computer, but I had to log back in, and you continued to hear each other. I don't don't even – I'm not even going to try to understand what exactly just happened. Three four seven three eight nine eight one five. that is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones because Anthony is calling us from Connecticut. Anthony, are you there? I am here. And I actually heard Tony's whole call also. And I am uh, listening on the phone, so. um, I'm glad that at least least his call went out and it was just me trying to figure out what the hell was was going on. But, uh, again, not going to try to understand it. What do you got for us tonight? Oh, yeah, before we get into it, um, I actually... Missed, I missed the big match of the weekend, unfortunately. You know, uh, Jad and I were both upset about that. We were looking forward to seeing you guys, but, uh, you know, cars and technology seem to be uh, getting us all lately. But uh, as far as the Mayweather stuff goes, and I'm, I'm not going to bore everybody with boxing talk, even though I'm a huge boxing fan, but as far as him, um, I've heard a lot of talk about him maybe making another WWE appearance, WrestleMania. And I get the thing with Lesnar and the streak breaking and all that. But since he's been in since he's worked for WWE for that WrestleMania, it's been a a long a lot has happened. Um and I won't deny that Mayweather's a draw, but he's a draw for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I have, and and I'm gonna full disclosure. I can't stand the guy. You I, you guys know how much I can't stand CM Punk. Uh, times that by like a thousand, and that's how I feel about Floyd Mayweather. Uh, in my personal opinion, he is a microcosm of everything that's wrong with boxing and everything that's wrong with sports altogether. Um, do I respect his ability? Uh, be hard not to. I'm a huge boxing fan, and I understand the sport. Uh, I don't agree with the way he fights. I understand why he fights the way he does. Um, that's rather here nor there. Uh, in the state of the WWE business, putting a serial woman abuser who's, since the time he's worked for WWE, been to jail for it, and his overall public image is not good. Um, because we got stuck here in Connecticut Saturday, I actually went to a local establishment to watch the fight and it was 90% for Pacquiao close to 100% it was um, I know from I actually know someone who was at the fight and from what I heard what I could hear uh, over the sound um, he gets booed he 
and I can understand bringing him as a heel. I guess I, I know he's close for Triple H and all that. I don't want to see it. I don't think the WWE needs to do it. And it would honestly would really bother me to the point where I probably would not watch the segment. And if I was at WrestleMania and happened to be there, I would take a bathroom break. Uh, I, I'm, I'm at a point with him where I, I won't watch another one of his fights. Uh, I mainly watched it because I kind of knew it was going to go the way it went. But I didn't want to not see it in case it went another way. So that's why I watched it. And it's just really hard for me to be a Mayweather guy and and think that anything he does for WWE can be positive. Yeah, and it sounds it, like it, your dog. You bring up a good point, and that's the weird thing about like the, the business and like is is there a dog attacking someone? Sounds like the dogs don't like Mayweather either. <laughs> but it's interesting Wait, like, when you talk about Mayweather. It's like, yeah, he's going to be a draw, and I and I can see why they would use him. Um, but you bring up a good point. You know, a guy, you know, you have a company like the WWE that does all this anti-bullying stuff and all this, like, charitable stuff, and then you're going to bring in a guy that is uh, not only, you know, well-documented that he's, he's committed uh, spousal abuse, but, like, really doesn't make any apologies about it. Um, so, I... Again, like, but money talks, you know, and that's what makes the world go around. And I, I totally get what you're saying. You know, if you're at an event and Mayweather's going to be part of it, like, you're not going to boycott the WWE. I think pe- there would be people that will. Not enough to concern anybody, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, he's a guy that, like, you just can't support, and whether it's a bathroom break or if he's on TV changing the channel. I, I, I totally understand that. It's uh, he's He's a tough guy to root for, but like you said, you know, most people that were watching that fight on Saturday night were watching it with the hopes and dreams that they were going to see his ass hit the canvas, and that's, he's like, he's the ultimate heel in in sports right now. Um, But I'm curious, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk after the pay-per-view, what'd you think of Extreme Rules and and Raw and, and, and the WWE's direction coming out of WrestleMania now? Uh, I thought that the pay-per-view was kind of like hit or miss. Uh, like, a couple matches, but uh, most of it wasn't that great, to be honest with you. I liked, uh, and I actually uh, did a little spot for Mike Ferrara's show on this, too. Uh, I did like the Reigns Big Show match, which going in, I didn't think I was going to like. And I liked, uh, I liked the tag match a lot, which another match I didn't think I was going to like. And... I didn't necessarily like the outcome of New Day winning, but I thought it was probably the best best match of the night. Um, you know that was good, and I did enjoy the pre-show match with Neville and uh, and Barrett. Uh, not much else. Uh, the cage match was okay. Uh, a little much for for you know the idea of having them in the cage was kind of get them on a one-on-one which we knew wasn't going to happen for the whole thing. But, like, I think Tony mentioned, like, a little, maybe too much outside interference. Um, the uh, Rollins using, well, I guess he called it the SKO. It's SKO, so he can use it, whatever. Um, it was awkward considering the commentators kind of, how can he use it? You know, Jerry Waller was going nuts. It's illegal. And I mean, 
I don't know if that was planned outright or what's going on there, but it, it just it, it seemed kind of like an awkward ending. Uh, Cena Russo was okay at best. I didn't. I, I expected more. I actually, uh, I'm kind of actually looking forward to her I quit match. Um, I guess it's the fourth one. You know, I I don't know for some reason I think something big's gonna happen there. But the pay per view didn't do it for me. Raw the next night, it didn't do much. I was actually looking forward to the King of the Ring stuff, and it just seemed to be like more of the same booking where, you know, you can never have a clean finish, and you know, it's just it, it to me there's like something missing, like where they almost don't want to have guys lose, like just straight up lose a match, get pinned because they feel maybe it hurts them. But I think they're hurting these guys more by having so many run-ins and so many disqualifications and so many just matches that don't, you know, end cleanly. And it's kind of really bothering me. Well, yeah, because, it, like, again, you know, I think, you know, if you're, as a traditional wrestling fan, um, you know, when, you know, run-ins and stuff, like that's stuff that's, like, out of the ordinary. So it's you get excited when that happens because it's supposed to be something that's different. And when it happens too much, it just it, it loses kind of its, its oomph. Um, I think, you know, create, I, I, I'm right with you. I thought the pay-per-view was kind of lackluster. I thought Raw was kind of lackluster. I think, that, honestly, the most positive thing to come out of last week in the WWE storyline-wise I love, love Barrett as, as the king of the ring. I mean, even like right now, uh, as they're setting up for, for Monday Night Raw, you know, his name is, is King Barrett. It is not Bad News Barrett. He's listed as King Barrett. Um, I, I think it's great for his character. I've always been high on Barrett. I, I think he's, he's got a lot of talent and, uh, you know, an injury at a, at a bad time for him in his career, and he's kind of been floundering a bit. But I, I think this is a gimmick that he can really run with, uh, and I, I like it a lot. What are your thoughts, Dave, on Barrett? Oh, I was in love with it. I thought it was great. I mean, um, you know, Daniel Bryan's injury, of course, stops him from having the match with, you know, Bear at the pay-per-view. So I felt that this was probably going to be the next thing to um, help elevate Barrett. Maybe that meant that Barrett was going to win the Intercontinental title. I don't know. But um, I, I love it. It's going to help him. And... I mean, he had a great match with Neville, and um, I don't know. I just, I just feel like we're seeing. Yes, I can agree with you, Tony, in the sense that like the finishes with the with the the run-ins and you know some of the awkward finishes, I totally get that. But we're seeing a lot of guys, the younger guys, being more of the focal point and being used more, as opposed to like we've we've been complaining about Cena being in the spotlight so much for many years. Now he's in a mid-card spot with Rusev, and guys like Barrett, Amos, Ziggler, Roman Reigns, um, Seth Rollins. I mean, Ambrose has gotten some time in the main event recently. I mean, those guys just seem to be the, the dominating the, the, the focal point of, of the storylines on WWE television. And granted, the storylines may be hit or miss, and they may not be hitting a home run right now, but they're putting emphasis on those young talent that people have complained for years about. So... I like the fact that Barrett's getting this position and getting this run, and I think it's going to lead to him possibly becoming Intercontinental Champion and all depending on the Daniel Bryan situation. And from what I've heard, he's not at Raw tonight. He's not going to be on any of the shows for the next month or so. He's not scheduled to be back till at least the end of June, they're saying, but 
Um, I think Barrett is going to be Barrett's going to be seen more, used more in a more important role now that he's won the King of the Ring. Oh, I, that that point I agree with you about using the guys. I actually think I made that on the the raw thread about them kind of using those upper level mid carters to kind of carry the King of the Ring was pretty cool. I was kind of more like the the, the matches on Raw kind of bothered me more than the, the whole thing, you know, the King of the Ring thing as a whole. Um, I agree. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got a question for you, though, not to change gears on you, but I was thinking about this when you were talking about uh, Global Force and you brought up uh, uh, Roderick Strong uh, possibly, you know, being on the roster. And I actually uh, saw him wrestle a bit abusive a couple of weeks ago. I've seen him wrestle a lot, but the first time live, he's phenomenal. But uh, I was wondering, have you heard anything about Tommaso Ciampa pro- possibly being a Global Force guy? Because I know he kind of parted ways recently with Ring of Honor, and I haven't heard much on where he may or may not be going. So I didn't know if that was a name that you might have heard through rumblings. I, 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 ha- I have not heard his name. I really haven't. You know, in my report today, I haven't heard his name except for the ones that I mentioned, the Dudleys. Shelton Benjamin, Chris Masters, and Roger Strong. Um, so those are the only names I've heard of. I haven't heard of Tommaso Ciampa, but it would not surprise me in the least bit. So the, the stories I'm hearing is that it all depends. Global Force and Ring of Honor, in a way, are kind of in a tug of war with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Japan's been working with Ring of Honor, but they've also kind of agreed to commit to working with Global Force in the early stages, like last year when Jarrett was trying to get all the talent and the different organizations together to truly make it a global organization. New Japan had made an agreement to work with them. But it all depends on, like I said, who's got the better relationship with New Japan. And right now, Ring of Honor does. Even though Global Force wants to use them, they want to use a lot of New Japan talent for their programming. So I don't know how much room there would be for Tommaso Ciampa, but at the same time, he made a lot of headway in Ring of Honor, made a, 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 a lot of headway at some memorable matches. So it would not surprise me in the least bit if he's one of the guys that they announced this Wednesday. Because um, he's got a bright future. I remember I watched him. You know, you, I'm glad you brought this up. I remember I watched him in Defiant Pro Wrestling in 2006 in Connecticut at an indie show. He had a great look and he was, he, he kind of, he, he was, he wasn't as intense as he, as he, as he is now, his character is now, but he was very kind of, almost like blue blood, like snob kind of character. But he, like the crowd totally hated him. They, they, they healed on him big time. And I remember saying to my buddy, I'm like, that guy's going to be on TV someday. Don't know when, but he'll be on TV someday. He just has that hit factor. And, you know, I think he'll be a part of both sports. That's a good call. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, it just makes you wonder because I know a lot of the ROH guys are working kind of a parents contracts and Michael Bennett, I think Taven, you know, a lot of those guys I don't think are under like straight contracts. So you just wonder if Global Force comes in with some cash and starts, you know, gobbling these guys up. Well, the other thing too is that Global Force, when they produced the New Japan Pro Wrestling pay-per-view, Wrestle Kingdom uh, in January, they had went to Ring of Honor and talked about using Ring of Honor talent on their program. So, there's a chance that 
even though there's a little bit of a tug of war with the Japan pro wrestling relationship between Global Force and Ring of Honor, there's a chance, and I alluded to it a few weeks ago, that Global Force is going to be sharing talent. That you might not see as much talent exclusive to their brand and to their promotion, but it would not surprise me if they do work in conjunction with Ring of Honor. Because as of now, I've not heard one single thing about any potential networks that are negotiating with that promotion. Ring of Honor has got a television deal. They're ahead of the game on Global Force right now. So we could see them hitching their wagons to Ring of Honor or joining forces, doing something, but it's a very interesting time with the new promotions and some of the younger promotions in the wrestling business. Like I said a few weeks ago, everyone shouldn't try to compete to be number two behind WWE. Everybody should be competing to be the alternative to WWE. Right, maybe we're all working together, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Maybe that, maybe that's the uh, the competition there. All right, Anthony, thanks a lot for the phone call and good stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, take care. Talk to you later. Peace, bro. Bye. Cincy, man, like you know, we, we do these shows, and like more and more, like you know, we wind up talking, uh, you know, we, in the independent scene. I mean, even you know. This week, I mean, was, I know it was Michelle's match where we talk a little IWF, a little pro wrestling magic, a little global force wrestling. Uh, you know, it, it is interesting how it just seems like as as this is like ROH, um, the landscape continues to evolve. It's uh, a lot of fans are branching out and checking out, uh, you know, other other venues to uh, satiate their their wrestling fandom. It's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, like I said a few weeks ago. The independence of the new territories in the wrestling business, and there's m- multiple different ways to get your wrestling fixed. You know, people are hoping. You know, there's still a lot of fans out there that hope and pray we're going to see a new Monday Night Wars between WWE and another promotion. I don't believe that's going to be the case. I think we're going to see a different version of competition. You know, like I said, there are other ways to catch your wrestling. There's, you know, streaming services and social media and. And, and, and you still have the advent of cable TV and, and Internet, just all these different ways to find different promotions and different things that are out there right now, like, you know, Lucha Underground. I mean, it's, to me, it's a very interesting time moving forward. Um, and I think Jarrett and Global Force, they're onto something in terms of trying to come up with a new way to put themselves out there. And... I think the I think yes, being on television is the right is a smart move for them. But I think other ways to get their brand and their programming out there that's different, that's not the norm of what it used to be in the wrestling business, is going to be a key to their success. And what I mean, like Netflix, for instance, you know, people talk about some. I hear people talk about television shows that aren't on cable TV that are on Netflix, and I think that wrestling promotion should use Netflix or Hulu as one of those avenues to get their brand out there. Jared's got a name. He's got some people talking about his promotion. I truly think that like going the Netflix route could help be another creative, inventive way to be successful in the wrestling business. That's just me. Hey, I agree. You know, I think it's a very interesting time, and it, it, it should be... Um... It's it's going to be intriguing to see like what happens on the independent scene because uh, you know I think it's good for the fans. Uh, there's a lot of you know I mean wrestling promotions are using YouTube, but like you said, there's 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 so many vehicles. There's social media, 
there's Netflix now. Like, what are these companies going to use? And, you know, independent promotions are going to have to step up, too. They're going to have to, you know, you can't put on a, a crap show as, as more promotions pop up and, and vehicles to view these shows are, are coming up, or whether it's on the Internet or other services. Um, so it's a very interesting time, and I think it's going to – and it's exciting time uh, – to be a pro wrestling fan, uh, because yeah, it's it's going to be like the 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 new the new genre, the new definition of of um, the territories. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the next uh, couple of years play out. Let's go back out to the phones. So you have uh, someone who's been very very patient tonight, and I thank him. But Kevin is on the line. Uh, new new regular caller, second time giving us a buzz. Kevin, how you doing this evening? Hey, what's up, Ken? How you doing? Doing all right. What do you got? Whatever you want to talk about, just bring it. What do you want to say? Hey, that's not a problem. That is not a problem at all. Hey, I hope you're having a good day. First, we want to talk about a few more days. Let's talk about New Day. You know, because of New Day, it's not necessarily, you know, as a chance to go in the arena and say New Day sucks. It's not the performers, it's not their talent, because they are all great talent. It's the gimmick that's not over. That's why people are saying, for those who don't understand it, that New Day sucks. Because when you look at them, I'm pretty sure, Ken, you grew up watching professional wrestling, in particular the WWF, probably the same round time I was, probably like in mid-'80s going to early-'90s. Am I right? Uh-huh, yeah. All right. Remember when the Honky Talk Man first debuted? He debuted as a face. And yet, even back then, he was still kind of getting the harsh, rough treatment from the crowd. It's the same thing with New Day. That's how they started. They started out as obvious faces. But because of how their gimmick is structured, you know, people aren't taking to it. So Vince, just back then, like he did with Honky Talk Man, he did the same thing with New Day now. Turned them heel, put some goal on them. Now they're, I not want to say a top-level attraction, but they're a top-mid-card-level attraction with what they're doing as a tag team. Especially one thing you got to love about New Day when it comes to the performers, not the gimmick, So I understand people think the gimmick sucks, but whatever, is they're implementing the classic Freebird rule. That's something we haven't seen in, well, I can't recall, like, the last time I've seen recently, in particular in the WWF or even TNA or any other promotions for that matter. I like that. So where when they come out, you hear the music, you don't know which two of those three are going to be defending the titles that night. That's pretty innovative for this style. I agree, and I, and I think, it's, you know, it, it's an interesting time in, in wrestling, like, as, as the years have gone on, and, and you know, to, to really create legitimate heels, because... In today's day and age, you know, you know, if you're a bad guy but you're kind of cool, people cheer you. So to get those characters that are universally booed and, and in that heel spot, um, it, it's tougher to do. And you have, like, three legit heels now. And, um, you know, I, kinda, I like them better as heels. I mean, it is kind of a cheesy gimmick. And you're right, three very talented performers, um, you know, I mean, Big E is one of those guys that, like, I I, I still think they kind of have to vote on him. The, the guy his size, the way he can move in the ring, is, is pretty astounding. Um, but you're right. Like, people don't like the gimmick. They they might like the guys, but they don't like the gimmick. But the thing is, at least, like, when it comes to wrestling, but they're getting a reaction. So even if people say it's stupid or whatever they want to say, as long as that whole crowd is booing the hell out of them and their heels, it's it's working. It's it's working right now. Say what you will about the gimmick. It's working. So I, I kind of like it. And you're right. Put gold on them. People are going to hate them even more. And they keep smiling through the hatred, which pisses people off more, uh, which which makes the gimmick work right now. What are your thoughts yeah. on that, New Day? 
Um, as far as the New Day thing goes, I can understand why people think the gimmick sucks. Um, to be honest with you, I'm going. I'm going to make a bold statement here and say, I think that it was done on purpose that way. I think it was done to be overly cheesy and overly positive, so that over time the audience would react the way they do, and then it would organically turn them into heels, bad guys. I mean, Kofi Kingston as a bad guy is something different and something I'm actually interested in seeing because he's his style of wrestling is so very fan-friendly and, and all of his moves and his repertoire of the ring gets very positive reactions that I'm actually looking forward to seeing a different kind of Kofi Kingston and what he can do in the ring to get the people to hate him more so than just the New Day gimmick and the clapping and the, you know, the, 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 the positivity that they've been trying to exude in their personalities to the audience, which is not you know, being received well by the audience. So that's what I'm interested more so than anything about the, 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 uh, the gimmick and the presentation. Uh, I like that they're instituting the Freebird rule. I think that's cool. I thought they should have done that with the Shield when the Shield started, but looking back on it, Maybe that was maybe that wouldn't have been the best idea for the for the shield, but I do like that they're instituting something that's uh, you know um, old school, but it can be used and in a way to get some some cheap heat. So I'm all for it. I, I've been a fan of it since it started, to be quite honest with you, because it was something different that these guys needed a little bit of a reboot. Otherwise, they'd been lost in a shuffle. And I, I'm kind of liking that they're getting more TV time now because of what they've been doing. So I'm all for it. Are you there, Kev? Yeah, I'm there. And also, oh, yeah, Ken, I want to throw out the, the primetime players, you know, out of all the tag teams between the main roster of the WWE and even the NXT roster, which, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking the NXT guys because all of those guys on that roster in particular, on a side note, are very much capable of coming up to that main roster anytime and making it high up that card. But the primetime players, with how they are, especially recently, on these promos they've been cutting every week on Raw and SmackDown, they're the most entertaining tag team on the microphone when it comes to cutting an interview, promo, however you want to call it. Now, granted, understand that they're not as technically sound as a kid in Cesaro in that ring, but those guys can go, especially Dario in particular, who's trained by Kevin Knight out in New Jersey with the IWF. That guy, is, he's, pretty, he's pretty decent in the ring, and Titus O'Neil, he's pretty athletic. He's a nice classic. He's got a classic powerhouse build to him. You put those two together with what they can do in the ring combined with their microphone talent, but when they cut their promo, they make someone to watch their matches because of how entertaining they are. I think the next logical feud or rivalry, excuse me, that you could have for these tag team titles that can keep on revitalizing the tag team division, in particular in the WWE, is the New Day versus the primetime players. I think that's smart money, and do it for um, maybe for a couple months because, you know, a lot of these millennials who are watching who are now like, old-school traditional fans like us, they don't have a long-term attention span. Do it for a couple months. Eventually, you want to put these tag team titles on a primetime player. Do that for a while. I'm telling you, that's going to help revitalize the tag team division. It may not be like how it once was back in the mid to late 80s, going to 90s, but it'll be at a decent level where people will be into tag teams again, especially in the WWE. I agree. I mean, I think the WWE, you know, at times I think there are a lot of wrestling fans out there that just that they really just want to be negative. Um, you know, it, it's been hit and miss at times. Um, 
But I think over the past few years, as, as we're moving forward, that the WWE has done a decent job, and at least they're showing that they're trying uh, to revitalize that tag team division. And, and I agree with you. The one thing I don't like between uh, Titus and, and, and Darren Young is I, I need more of them in the ring. I, I need, you know, the, the, the promos every week are good, but I, I want to see them more and more in the ring, more and more, uh, you know, showing their tag team talents. Um, but they are very entertaining. They are extremely entertaining, and I think they, they could be a, a great foil uh, for the New Day. But I, I like them as a tag team. I like the New Day gimmick as, as heels. Um, you know, Titus and Cesaro are uh, like a throwback tag team. Um, so, you know, they, they've been moving in the right direction in the tag team division. And, and you're right, you know, sometimes it's funny that you've got to kind of pull yourself out. And when you're a fan, you know, maybe we were just lucky. And we lived through, like, maybe the golden age of tag team wrestling. And it's unfair to have that high an expectation. Um, the one thing that I like right now is maybe it won't ever get to where it was when uh, the tag team division was great. But the tag titles matter. They matter. They're, they're, they're a solid part of the mid-card. Um, and, and the tag team division is moving in the right direction. And hopefully they continue. I just think they need to give, you know, they need to give them more because... You know, we talk on the show about the three-hour Raws. A lot of these Raws drag and, and give, give yeah, these and guys what they need to more, do is give them more of a chance. Three, on, go ahead. Yeah. If they have a three-hour Raw, I mean, like, make maximize potential of using, utilizing all three of those hours. Like, there's so many things they could do with three-hour Raw. Like, for instance, when it comes to the tag team division, Intercontinental, and U.S. titles, you could have maybe every so often um, – gauntlet matches to see who's going to receive the next tag team title match or intercontinental title match. Or, um, I don't know, even with use of the network, every so often have like a number one contenders tournament for each of those respective mid-card titles, even the Divas title for that matter. You know, there's so much they could be doing, yet I don't understand why they turn a blind eye to it. No, 100%. 100% agree, yeah. I mean, you could you could have number one contendership matches for all the, the belts. You can have, uh, you know, better programs and storylines surrounding each title, uh, which would make the three hours more entertaining. I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy to put three hours of live entertainment on every every week. Maximize your roster. Maximize the talent you got there. Kevin, great stuff. Thank you for, for giving us a call. Keep bringing it each and every week. And, uh Give us a call next Monday. We'll talk to you then. All right. Stay blessed, brother. Take it easy. Thanks a lot, man. And Kevin, a new, a new regular. He's, I, 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 Kevin brings some good stuff to the table. I, I like his, his perspective on things. Uh, you know, he, he, it's good stuff. We had, you know, wow, we're like three and a half minutes left. Let's see. Let's see. All right, I'm putting the challenge out there as we enter into the world of one Mike Ferrara. Very patient. No, I thank him for staying on hold, but... With about three minutes left, Mike, bring it to us. Wow, did, you, did I hear Dave say don't? Did I hear Dave say don't do it? That was very nice. <laughs> you know why you guys had problems? Because you probably were, were you guys were both probably bullies, and it was probably Laura Burns who did it to you. I just hope the you know the luck doesn't end like it did in the movie Unfriended. But uh, maybe that's what happened. But anyway, no, everybody said some good things tonight. Everybody's point was on, everybody was on point. Um, you know, so, so there's really nothing much for me to say except for make sure you guys uh, listen to Mike for our speaks on 1640 PWPR. Nice, 
I like that. I mean, what else? I mean, you know, we got three minutes, two minutes, or whatever. So you ask me a question, and I got to give you a quick answer. Well, you know, you know what we haven't really talked about tonight. So give me something you're looking forward on uh, tonight on Raw tonight. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward um, to see what's going to happen as we build to uh, payback. Um, So I, I, I like all the stuff that I've seen from it. I'm just looking forward to see if what they're going to go with it. So far, we have some good matches announced, and uh, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to definitely be, be interesting to see how that um, plays out. Wow, that, that, was, I, that was good. I liked that. That was like a good, clear, short, succinct point. Well done, well done. And uh, you guys who don't know out there, remember my part is part of the 1640 family, so check out Ferrara Speaks. And, uh, uh you know, with about a minute left, Mike, uh, just uh, curious, give us a quick take. Uh, we're all pumped here. Your thoughts, your thoughts on Barrett being king of the ring? Good stuff. Um, you know, well-deserved. I just hope he gets the push he deserves. Neville um, Neville is a good wrestler, but he'll have his chance um, again. You know, so definitely I want to see good things. That are, it all depends on how they push him and what he does for the WWE and how he gives back because it's a partnership. You got to give, you got to take. So let's see what happens. And uh, and that's about it for me. But I can't. I, like I said, I cannot wait um, to see what the future holds for uh, for us as far as wrestling fans. And there's a lot to give with the Utah Independent. Definitely check them all out. Pro Wrestling Magic, you got them all. IWF, UWA, you got them all. House of Glory, you got them all. And I'll tell you some stuff coming up soon. But thank you guys for having me on. Short and sweet. Never happened before, but hey, there's a first for everything. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mike. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Take it easy, brother. You got it, brother. And they have, man. Look at my mic. Brought it short, sweet, and strong. You guys, I got to say, man, Dave, with like 20 seconds left, callers brought it tonight. Great show. Love doing shows like this when the the callers are there. Great stuff. Keep it up. Keep coming. Check out uh, 1640 PWPS, PWPR on the iTunes. Check out our Facebook for the Raw Chat. For Dave, I'm Ken. Talk to you next week. Enjoy Raw. Take care, everybody.